nowadays, like I don't even think when they have like a double when someone right. when an actor Even plays the same, like in, like Ian McGregor in the Fargo TV show, what have you, James Franco in the Deuce. It's like whatever. Of course, yeah. you're twins. You guys just see me in the face. But they would always be the lines. You know what I'm talking about when they have like both on screen and they're two different film stocks. Well, yes, I know exactly what you're talking about, but this film does it very well. But it would be of the era where that was the way to do it. Yes. There they are, both sitting. Then you get like, whoa. There's the other one like, yes, I see. I understand. Now we get an explanation. The king is talking about his dead father, saying that he was a great man and he was also a bit of a playboy and he really loved English actresses. Uh, He spent a lot of time in London. And then Sid says, my mother was an actress. But nobody puts two and two together, but the audience gets it. Right. This is an illegitimate son. Huh. Now what's going on now? They're, uh... Now we have more treachery. Of course, they're there to kill the king again. They don't know there's two kings. Yeah, you know, Carl, I should, I should press up. I know what's going to happen, but I can't tell you because before the show... I signed a ZNDA form. Uh-huh. Well, a I never ZNDA signed an form? NDA, so I'll let you know. Peter Sellers dies in the end. Which one? Right. I'm going to leave you guessing. Oh, the... Well, that was my joke. I signed a, a ZNDA form, so I can't tell you. Zenda? Oh, not an NDA, a Z-E-N-D-A. Very clever, Mike. Yeah. Too clever, apparently. Yeah. Way too clever. Right over my head. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now, who is Zenda? Zenda is the town or like uh, a villain or? Zenda is like a castle where the the brother, the ex-prince, who's not going to become king, uh, has a stronghold. And that's where... Uh, the king will be imprisoned. Now, they say, Fritz, go and get more wine because, you know, where's the servant? Now, Fritz, Fritz accidentally thinks, ah, he must be drunk. <laughs> <laughs> and wine is spilling out of the back of his head. <laughs> red wine. <laughs> red, red wine. Look. The red wine cuts my fingers, and I can't wash it off. Out, damn spot. That was, uh, Shakespeare wrote that when he was in the kennel, I heard. So now he reports that the servants laying down there drunk, and General's like, that doesn't sound right! He doesn't drink! Oh, right. These guys are idiots. I didn't realize there was a dead body. I didn't. I didn't. 
It's funny how everyone don't have... has an English accent, uh, even though it's uh, Ruitania, you know, like, do they speak English there? I guess yes. <laughs> See, he's looking at the butts. Yeah. Randy. So he's by the way, that, yeah. Well, he's distracted by the butt, so they say, let's just slip off. They don't notice that it's a look-alike because his face is covered, see? Right. And that's good, because then you can get a real actor in that scene. You don't have to make two Peter Sellers. Bingo. When they're both in the same shot, like they're like, hmm, I'm going to drink from this oversized M&M coffee mug. <laughs> Dwat. He is out. He is now going to become a prisoner. Uh Zenda. Zenda. I'm singing this the Legend of Zelda. Zenda. It's actually a bit of an insult against Buddhists saying Zendu. Yeah, well, that's Peter Sellers for you. What do you, what do you right. say? Asian stereotypes. He hates him. Yeah, I guess the part of it is that with Fu Manchu, I think he had multiple roles. I don't think he just played the Dr. Fu Manchu. That was That's probably another reason his, why, right? Yeah, he showed up in a lot of movies. Doctor Strange like, Love. You can see it. Well, that's a big one. Yeah, he played the president. He played Doctor Strange, the titular character of Doctor Strange Love. He played and then him, he uh, played the, the British. Yeah, the British. Uh, uh, it wasn't a general. Uh, yeah, I think it was a general. Maybe you're right. Yeah. Yeah. They all. I think it was General Funny Name. You ever notice in Doctor Strange, everyone has like yeah. oversized wacky names? Yep. Yeah. So now they know the king is gone. It's a please roll once more. And they're yeah. saying, now that the king is gone, you need to sit in for the coronation. And it just, he's like, no, no, no. He's the, who is he? Is he the driver or the king? I can't, I can't place it. He is the driver. They've taken the true king. Ah. Now, okay. here's the ex-prince. Very happy. Very happy that he has a prisoner of Zenda, and he won't show up for the coronation. And when he doesn't, they'll say, listen, you've got to be king now. And he'll humbly accept. You know, uh, yeah, well, boss, you seem happy. Usually you're bitter that you're not king, but now that you've abducted him, you seem finally at ease. <laughs> I feel empty inside. Now, we're going to have the funniest joke of the movie. So when oh, that yeah? comes, I'll have to hush you. 
to hear it. Okay. It's not quite All right, well. He's Seth, man. Yeah, I mean, right? Even like Dark Shadows, the TV show had better Seth. I've been well, sick of these. Austria, it's a history. legit castle in Austria. Weird. Yeah, it seems like a... Oh, the old Iron Maiden. Yeah. Giving Seth names. The joke here is I the keep jail. My apples on the stick. Okay, here comes the joke. Okay. It's just having back and forth. Ha ha, I will be the king. The people will never accept you. People will never give it to you. What do you know about the people? I know the people. You chose to play the fool. Right? Now, now we're getting a legit argument that he's uh, no good. Okay, here it comes. Okay. Here it comes. Michael. Why do you hate me, Phil? Because you're conceited, arrogant, spineless, selfish, shallow, pity, pompous, and pitiful. Took a part from that. Did you think it was funny? Uh, I thought he was going to say, hey, I'm not short. Or you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know that like, version? Or, yeah. You take the least you're, insulting uh, thing and get offended by it. Yeah. That was a Steve right. Allen Or if joke. you say... Oh, really? Steve Allen. Back in Steve hey, Allen's yeah. show, he used to do that, you lazy, rotten, blah, blah. You know, the guy would go, lazy! <laughs> <laughs> okay, but... Well, no, I always hear it like... I, I, the yeah. only scene I remembered was the balloon in the beginning and then that part. Why do you hate me so? Because you're arrogant, selfish... Reckless when he goes, apart from all that. <laughs> I thought it was the funniest. You line. remembered that too. Yeah, yeah. You when I was with watching it. this for the first time, I remembered the balloon, and then later, when it did that scene, I was like, oh, right. Right. I remember that. So that's funny because I do remember the, the opening scene and that it was Peter Sellers. Yeah. Now, this is Antoinette. Oh, She's a former Bond girl. She worked with Peter Sellers on two films. She was in Doctor Who. Um, but she, what I like her from is Space 1999 when I was a kid. Interesting. Oh, so this is an Elkie Summer. This one is not Elkie Summer, no. Um, Elkie Summer is the Countess that uh, the best actor, you know, the wife of the best actor of this film. Yes, Barney Miller's wife. Right. Sam, Lamont's, Lamont's friend's wife. Lamont's, Lamont's friend's wife. wife. Yeah. Hey, there's Marlon Brando. He looks pretty good for the back then. No, that's a guy. Um, that's a guy named uh, John Laurie, and he was like big on English television. I didn't research him because I never heard of any of those shows. So right now he goes, I have a sound mind, thanks to the grace of God. And he goes, knock wood. And then he knocks and he goes, come in. 
Yeah. Uh-oh. This is me at the DMV. Did they call 20 yet? No? All right. They're all ready for jury duty. Don't call my group. Send my group home. Uh, group 217, you could stay, and group 18 leaves. Damn it. Ooh, I love a parade. Yeah, especially a coronation. Oh, this is a coronation. And that's the coronation street, if I remember my British uh, soap operas. So he... Um... He told the archbishop that he had a case of laryngitis. Yeah. Oh, so he's not going to speak. Right, but he'll be very nervous about it. Uh, oh, right. Well, you know, the King's Speech is uh, a movie. The King's Speech is a movie. Yeah. I don't know why I said that, but it's true. Well, that guy had a lisp. Hey, no, he had a stutter. He had a stutter, and he overcame it because uh, England was in war. Who was his teacher? Wasn't it the guy who played Peter Sellers in that HBO film? Jeffrey Rush, yeah. Or uh, did you ever see Mystery Men from like 1998, where he was like, Baron von Frankenstein? No. Do you recommend it? Yeah, I do. Mystery it's, Men. Uh, it's good. Mystery Men. What it's, year you again? know, it's based on a graphic novel. I would say like seven, 98, 99, or like 96. Okay. Definitely a very uh, 90s feel. It's Fez Stiller, Janine Garofalo, Hank Azaria, and uh, Kel, McKinnon and Kel. And they are just the worst superheroes ever in this town. And uh, Superman basically gets killed in the first 10 minutes, and they have to pick up the slack. Mm. So, it, you know, it's practically a genre now to making fun of uh, superheroes. But Was Pee Wee Herman in good. it? Yeah, he was. Okay, he I saw it. It was very start. good. Yeah. And you know who's in it also is director Michael Bay, the Transformer movie. He's one of the fat boys. You know how there's gangs and there's like a fat boy gang? Well, he's one of them. I heard a rumor that the, the director, I think that was his only movie. He was kind of like a commercial director. Uh-huh. And the, it was produced by Tim Burton. And there was a big rumor that Tim Burton actually directed the movie. Oh. And the director of Mystery Men was a, a alias. But it's not true. I mean. So now the... Peter, okay, so the brother sees the king, and he's like, what the fuck? He's in a prison in Zenda. What the hell? Right. Now he's doing the, he isn't playing up his laryngitis. He's just not answering. The guy's like, crown him. And now we have the worst joke of the film. Ah, the crowning achievement. Well, he's going to drop to... his ball. Uh huh. They're saying. I'm laughing already. So they say God saved the king, but not the best actor. He's going. Oh, was he sitting next to? Was he standing next to Elkie in there? Was Elkie yes. here at the coronation? Yes. 
So yeah, in that Jeffrey Rush movie, he's like screaming at Elkie. Elkie's holding his their daughter on the set of the Elf, of the Bobo, and he's just like yelling at her. Now this is Lynn Frederick. She is the widow of Peter Sellers. A widow? Like so he was she was the first wife or Well no. If you're the first wife, you're not married anymore and you're not a widow. She was oh, the last wife. Right. Gotcha. Right, because he Elkie and him that was a pretty crazy relationship and that, that dissolved. Yeah, it did. Now he won't get in yeah, line the, to Dr. like greet the king. He's like, huh. This guy, man. Huh. I'm surprised he even like is there. I mean, he, the guy macked on his wife. Well, he's a count, and he's basically okay. Here comes the worst joke ever. Ready? All right. Worst joke of the oh film. no, I see it. I I see it. No, I see it. I see it. I know what's gonna happen. He's gonna ball, right? He's gonna get a strike. Hey. <laughs> I am great. I, I called think you might have seen this I predicted it. No, I predicted it. I saw it go down Coronation Street. Parading oh. down Coronation Street. Well, you are a sensei, sir. Well, thank you. Now, at one point, does he, uh, Peter Sellers, dresses up as his sister and goes on a date with Al Pacino? That was an interesting film. I hated that film and loved it at the same time, Jack and Jill. Jack and Jill. Yeah, well, didn't you hate the fake commercial that was actual commercial at the end of the yes. movie? Now, this is it Eric, like, and his name is Grand Stark, and he was in all the Pink Panther movies. Right, yeah. Delivery? Yes, sir, delivery. <laughs> Wasn't and he in, uh, also, like, a Mel Brooks movie or two? He, uh, I don't think so. No. Uh, no, but I mean, he played, he was a regular supporting character on TV with Peter Sellers in the show called Fred and Son of Fred, and Benny Hill was on that show. But oh, right. he has the best line of the Pink Panther. He's that one, like, does your dog bite? No. He gets bit. No. He goes, that is not my dog. Yeah, that's great. I love that. That's probably the only joke that holds up in the Pink Panther. What's weird is he was in seven Pink Panther movies, and, you know, Peter Sellers was only in six. Oh, right. Oh, well, yeah. Like, I've always talked about the last the last few Pink Panther movies without Peter Sellers. They used old outtakes, and they probably hired that guy to come in and do, like, intersexual sketches in between the footage. Yes. I... I well, Inspector Clouseau, well, I remember him back when I was at the Avery. Right. Just down by the Conservatory of Flowers. When suddenly, ooh. So that was He's 1982, the, the Trail of the Pink Panther. It used the outtakes and yeah. previously released footage of late sellers. But then that was the, the search, you said, and then there was the trail. The trip Pink Panther was, was the one you're talking about with the the um the outtakes and such. And I think the trail didn't yeah. have I mean um 
I don't know. There were so many. They shouldn't have continued that series, but they did. Well, I, you know, again, like it all kind of blurs. It was one where there was a, a bumbling American detective and they used footage yeah. of outtakes. And then there was one where I think Herbert Loom, his twitching uh, police chief, uh, is trying to escape Clouseau, but thanks to the miracle of outtakes, he keeps bumping into him or remembering him. Thank you, outtakes. And then there was the son of... Yeah, there must have been a lot of outtakes. Lake Edwards, a lot of coverage. What a gentleman. He, his eyes never wavered. Now here he is again with his true wife. Listen, she was hated, by the way. She was hated? Yeah, this is her final film, and she was hated. Um, okay, um, where is it? Like, for instance, we were talking about that Peter Sellers film made by, for HBO. They wrote her out of the thing. Yeah, because I don't remember her. He was like a, a solitary man in his, uh, like, Icelandic cabin or whatever, Switzerland ca cabin. Now, in that book, it was based – The Life and Death of Peter Sellers was a 2004 book, and the author, Roger Lewis, claimed that there is yet – he is yet to find – he did a lot of interviews. He's yet to find a single person yeah. to say a good thing about Lynn. Whoa. She is well, an avaricious, yeah. cunning man-eater, and in 1995, yeah. a year after her death, she was excluded from the 67th Academy Awards in memor memorandum, even though she won two Oscars. Well, she – no, that she was bullshit. nominated. What? You know what? Honestly, they skip like actors all the time. I'm so pissed off that Brad Renfro did not get into the in memoriam. So, you know, it could have been the it might have not been bitterness. It might have just been incompetence. Well, okay. I'm going to have to research more about her. She was a perfect match for Peter Sellers because she loved to argue. Uh, she was hated. Yeah. Um, check this out. April 27th, 1994. She was in her she was 39 years old. She died. She was found dead in her West Los Angeles home, and a post-mortem failed to determine yes. the cause of her death. How is that possible? So she was 30-something when she passed away uh, in 96? Uh, 39 in 1994. Okay, so this movie is 70, they must have shot in 77, 78. Yeah. So she's young. She doesn't, she doesn't come across as, like, young, young. No. Well, okay. maybe she does. Yeah. I guess it, I was going to say with stuffy clothes, but she does kind of, her youthful elegance. I'm in love with this woman. I don't know what, why you naysayers, how dare you? Now, I'm going to go, uh. This role, she felt it was too minor for her. And she was fighting with her it husband, is. and the therapist said they should not work together. And that's when she said, well, then I will. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Well, I know those arguments. And Elkie's in it, too, is his, his other wife. 
listen, yeah. check this out. She was campaigning for other roles, such as Maggie Cleary in The Thornbirds, Cosette in Les Miserables, and Annie Sullivan in The Miracle Worker, and none of the people wanted to work with her. She was rejected. <laughs> Even Helen Keller is like, no way. <laughs> uh-uh. Zip. What was the other role? So she was going to be Helen Keller's tutor. No, thank you. Mother Teresa, got to pass. <laughs> yeah. Adam Curie. Ooh. So she was a fashion model. Um, you know, she, her, she had a 10-year career, essentially. She was in 30 film appearances and television appearances. Peter Sellers died, and then she did. Wow. Well, she lived 14 years after, but still. Okay, so now the so brothers was... come up and go, you're not the king. He wants to have a fight with them. Yeah, I am. No, you're not. I have a real king in my basement. Right. I can't tell you how many times I've had that conversation. Really? You can't be king of the country. How do you say that? I have you in my basement. That old saw. <laughs> Huh. So you know how the driver got the job. He he went up to the royals and said, "King me." Bingo. Okay, so here's more treachery. They're rigging the ele elevator, so he'll die. Now we missed a point of the plot. Oh, right. uh, the princess Good. Flavia, uh, his wife was saying, remember the time we did this? And remember when we were children and do that? And the, the you know, Sid was going, uh-huh, uh-huh. And he goes, well, I know you're not the king because we've never met. And he, she sort of tricked him. Gotcha. So at this coronation, like the crowd, the clergy, everyone believes he's the king, but everybody knows him personally. They're catching on. Well, I mean, it's not a, oh. Averted death again. Next. Fifth floor, lingerie. Fourth floor, uh, source gear. Uh, second Third floor. Second floor. Cecil. Maybelline. Okay, so <laughs> Sid has had enough. He is quitting. He is he is going oh. to escape. They saw the note. They're like, who's Cindy? <laughs> right. Look at that ridiculous Swiss not, Alps getup. The whole getups are pretty weird. I mean, I can't. This is supposed to take place what in the 1920s? I don't know 1920s, the answer. Uh, I don't think so because okay, so they're all doing sword play, but meanwhile they've got guns, and the guns aren't like muskets. So that X's out the 1700s. So I'm not sure. Is it the eight? late 1800s maybe i mean they have elevators yeah, um yeah elevators in back then dumb waiters uh i you might be right i think that the elevator showed up in the 1800s right because they started yeah. building yeah, buildings tall i don't trust this dog 
Saint Bernard, the patron saint of dogs. Oh, they're very helpful. Yeah, right. Where's your easily lead the dog? Well, thanks to this program, I no longer drink. Hollywood dog that doesn't drink. <laughs> Oh, so that's Mrs. Sellers right there. No, no. That's the Mrs. Sellers is the betrothed wife to the king. This is the countess again. Ah. She got to see me explain. I like Elsie Summer a lot. She's great. They so don't really have a good um she was like on vacation in Italy as a like a, a, a teenager in fifty eight. And this film director saw her and just started putting her in movies. And she yeah. also posed for Playboy in 64 and 67. Nice. Way to go, Hugh. Uh, way to go, Hefner. She's a German, really, and she changed her name uh, from Schletz to Summer because it was... Hard for English people to pronounce, quite frankly. Gotcha. So I saw What's New Pussycat with the Peter Sellers and uh, Woody Allen, you know, right. back when they were kind of ubiquitous in the 60s. And there's like a scene where I think it was that movie or no, maybe I'm thinking of the Bobo, but I think like Woody Allen parachutes and lands in a car, uh, a two-seater driven by Elsie Summer. Oh, interesting. That was her role. Like, she just happened to be driving by. Should I see what's new, Pussycat? Nah, you know what? I saw that, like, in the 80s, and then I saw it, like, three years ago, and I'm all right, you know? It's, uh, it's, it's, do you like, like, Woody Allen, 60s Woody Allen? Where, you know, I'm on every TV show, and, uh, I, I nightclubs, and I got records, and I got books, and I, I, uh, I'm young, and I, you know, because he did What's New Pussycat, and they used the song. And then Woody Allen's first movie, he took a, a Japanese spy movie and redubbed it, and he called it What's New Tiger Lily. Oh, yeah, right, like right, right. The thing is, I probably like saw What's New Pussycat, and it just didn't impress me. Yeah, I don't remember yeah. it or something. Okay, so let's let's go through the, the Peter Sellers movies. Have you seen this, The Private Life of Henry Orient? Where he's like a, a piano player who these two girls chase after him? I guess no. Have you seen I Love You, Alex Dukokis? Yeah, yeah. Where, that was good. Yeah. Uh, the Bobo, where he becomes the Blue Matador? No. The Party, where he's uh, he wears brown face and he's an Indian extra. Uh, Blake Edwards movie? Uh... I remember not liking it. Yeah. Well, it's silly. It ends with hippies and an elephant, you know, talking about peace. Okay, by the way, uh, the Count has come in, the best actor of this film. He's trying to make up yeah. with his wife, but that's really Peter Sellers hiding under there. And he's like, I am so sorry. You are so great. I love your lips, your your thighs. And he goes, your boots? <laughs> Your your balls. Here he goes. So we, which 
Peter Sellers is under there. Is yeah. Top build Peter Sellers or second build Peter Sellers? It's you can't ask that question. The the King Peter Sellers is in prison, right? This right. is the king. This is the fake king in the palace. He's just been coronated and he's now trying to escape. So he doesn't think it's weird that his wife is wearing boots. He's like, oh, you're naughty. Check this out now. He is underrated, this actor. I And I don't think he... He his I don't think he did a good job on Barney Miller or Sanford and Son because it didn't challenge him. He just had to be like, I'm a poor Hispanic person. It was almost a stereotype. Not quite, but almost. Yeah. Well, I mean in Barney Miller there was a little more nuance to the characters. They, they yes, let, they let you're the characters right. kind of breathe. So they, they so any kind of stereotype that they that television Now watch what his wife up, does. They watch what his wife does. Oh no! Isn't that awful? He was kissing the flute. Well, fortunately, the hayride is going by. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and Elkie thinks that's Must hilarious. Be October. Yeah, right. She could have killed the guy, broke his neck. He was kissing a man's flute in bed, right? No. He's like, let me direct, change it to something more comfortable, and she took off the corset and she put on her negligee. Maybe she went to the outhouse, and by the time she got out there, the guy was kissing some dude's boot. No. Okay, now the Count, oh, you know he's lot. super jealous. So he's going to a gunsmith to get a bomb. A boom? A boom? What? Yes, I know what I said. <laughs> All right. Well, I got plenty of bombs here. I have the party. That I have the famous plot of Dr. Fu Man 2. That was, that was a, bomb. a bomb. King Cancer Strikes Back. So one time I used to go to uh, an open mic on 7th Street. And um, it was a Laughing Buddha open mic. And then I used to go there all the time. And then there was a building collapse on 7th Street, right? So I go for an open mic, and I was like, right. it's pretty scary about the building collapse down the street. And everyone in the audience was like, yes, uh-huh. And I said, but I think we're pretty safe with the structural integrity of this building. I mean, people bomb up here every night. <laughs> yeah, it's good to know. You go there during the, when the big Look one drops. suit suit. Oh, you're right. No, it's late. That's the thing, like, I can't tell. I think it might be 20th century. Maybe you're right. Okay, now what's happening yeah. is my favorite actor, the Count, is going to switch a croquet ball for a bomb croquet ball, and we get the tension of, no, no, Peter, don't hit it. It's going to blow up. Right. Now what's happening here is... The not king, the the princess is falling in love with the not king. Listen, 
Huh. Well, I tried to turn it up for their, their like, their conversation. Chit chat. We got that wacky music. Yeah. I'd rather listen to the crazy wacky music in the background. That's so fun. It's lighthearted. We need a soundtrack tomorrow. Yesterday. Yes, sir. On it. This is Henry Mancini, dude. It's not like cheap. I mean, there's some quality. Yeah, you're right. And also, if you got some silly song like this, he was doing his job. Okay, this is the Count's chance. All right. And he has switched the croquet balls. He did such a bad job. Wiley Coyote is shaking his head. You call that a bomb? <laughs> that isn't even I, from Acme. You got that from some guy in a dungeon? Yeah, that's the thing. So the meanwhile, the real king is in the 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 brothers. Yeah, in the prison. Don't they know that? No. Yeah, but it's like, no. They okay. don't. So they're just playing croquet. They don't know where the king went. They don't give a shit. It's not that worried. they don't give a shit. It's that they don't know the king has disappeared. Hmm. Now you see, he was about that's to hit it. the croquet. And then he got called away. Look at that silly hat. Oh, no, that's a great hat. Like, if you need a scarf, you just stick your hand. Like, they didn't have tissues back then, so, you know, you yeah, had to keep it on top just... of your head. Okay, here it goes. He's going to do it. He's going to beat the thing. Better scrunch my eyes and cover my ears. First, first time princess has ever asked me to go for a walk. <laughs> I love his cockney. It's just... Yeah, it's pretty good. It cuts yeah. through all the shit. This is the only film that he made with his wife. Um... And she has executive producer credit on the fiendish plot of Fu Manchu. I don't know why. Nobody knows why. Do you, uh, oh, that's, yeah, because she's not in it. Oh, down for yeah. the count. Up for the count. Up for the count. Now down for the count. Now look, he's stuck in a tree. Oh, it's comedic. Crazy, crazy There's little music. stars going around He's a one chirping bird, ah, 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 ah. two okay, chirping this birds. You, this ah, is ah, what, ah. oh, the count, I get it, the count. Now, this is what you paid money yeah, to see. Kind of... This is the king. I yeah, I know. I've been waiting an hour for the real for the real Peter Sellers. Like, I'm glad Peter Sellers is co-starring in this, but I didn't pay money to see co-star Peter Sellers. Yeah, right. You wanted to see Peter Sellers. Now, you know, we can't talk about Peter Sellers without bringing up his Protege, Mike Myers. Mike Myers is such a weak. Mike Myers, who kind of gets into character and he's done his own brown face, the, the love guru, he always cites Peter Sellers. The story that Mike Myers would always say is that when his father passed away, he was really sad, but his father loved Peter Sellers. Ah. So when he does Peter Sellers, it's an homage to his father, which 
I don't know. I mean, you might. That's that's a nice sentiment, but I take it with a little bit of grain of salt. I don't. Yeah. But Mike Myers does commit. Like he's not. Maybe he's a nicer guy than Peter Sellers. Maybe he's not on that level. I mean, I'm sure. Like he, I've I've read about like. Yeah. He gave him a ring to prove. Okay. You see. He just, like, I'll offer you untold wealth, and he just talked up this ring. It was stolen in 1584 from the such and such, and he dropped it down the drain. And then he goes, you got anything else? <laughs> That's a good joke. Mike Myers right. really did a good job with the Austin Powers films. I thought the movie in which he played the Indian was really bad. Yeah, there was a, it was way too many, like, dick jokes. And, well, the character itself, like, I would have loved to see, like, a film called The Love uh, Cowboy, mm -hmm. where they pretend, people pretend they're, they're white, you know, like, the white American, white Canadian, I guess, for his case. Uh, but, yeah, it was, the caricature was just bad. Yeah. And the universe he created was bad. And it was all just, like, scatological dick jokes, like, dick puns. Did that you know? film sink his career? Because he sort of went away after that. Yeah, he did kind of go away after that. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, like, the guy, man is a monster when it comes to films because he had – how many franchises he created, right? Wayne's World, that's billions of dollars right there. Mm -hmm. the, the Austin Powers. Yeah. So, by, you know, to say, like, oh, here's my character. I'm love guru. And, uh, Paramount's like, yeah, let's do it. We'll make a logo and we'll put your face in there and people will just go to your character. We'll get Heather and, Graham. Uh, yeah. Oh no, was Heather Graham in that one? I thought oh, that was yeah. like Jessica. Oh, she was in that one. Well, Heather Graham was the one who really understood love and sex, and um, Michael Michael uh, Moore's character. Uh, no, uh, excuse me. Uh, Michael Moore from the Hollywood from the Halloween films. Michael Myers. Yeah. He he was Michael Myers. Just pretending. And so she schooled him. Uh, it was the only redeeming aspect of the film, I felt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Are you talking about Austin Powers or Love, Love Guru? Love Guru. Uh, there was some, like, Ben Kingsley. Oh, Sir Ben Kingsley, right? Who got that name for his performance of Gandhi, uh, Gandhi right. in the 80s. Comes back as, like, this Indian guru that just, like, I don't even know what he was thinking. I know what he was thinking, and he delivered what he needed to do, but, you know, that movie is weird. I mean, if it was on YouTube, we would cover it, but you could go to any bad movie podcast, and they've covered Love Guru. You know, they, yeah. uh, How Did This Got Made had, like, cast members talk about their experience. So... Okay, yeah, so here's bad. what's yeah, happening. Is, yeah. Okay, here's what's happening oh, now. Oh, here's the Peter Sellers world. Yeah. What? 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 Go ahead. Uh, okay, so here's what's, what's happening? happening now. The the Countess sent a letter saying, come meet me at the windmill. But everybody knows it's got to be a trap for him to get killed. Okay? So... What he's doing now is he's agreed to go and take the risk so that they can try to get 
back to the original king. So he's saying goodbye to the princess who's fallen in love with him. Right. So they are they have essentially fallen in love and, let, and although they never say love um and this is the the goodbye and it hurts her Is this the end? We'll see her at the end of the movie, right? Oh, they're well, going to get back I mean, together. That's not the real king. We're setting up for the goodbye, but it doesn't become goodbye. He doesn't die, so All oh, right. I'm not going to lie, my computer crashed on me, so I'm waiting for it to boot. So keep the movie going. It's all right. You're going to lead us, Carl. All right, I'll tell you where we're at when you ask me the question. Sure. As soon as my computer stops buffering and puts the movie back on, I'm in the game. All right. So the so Peter's, there's the windmill, uh, and it's really beautiful landscape, this Austria, you know. And um, Peter Sellers is showing up with the King's Guard who will protect him. It's really Fritz and the General. Right. Now, what they're going to do is they're going to work out a signal. When you want us to come in, you got to hoot like an owl. And so he's like, he can't get it. He can't learn. Peter Sellers can't learn how to hoot. So he suggests a chicken. Why don't I mark mark like a chicken? And they all go, very well. <laughs> so then on the other side, uh, the countess is with the, the brothers, you know, with the ex-princes. Ex, uh, and they're saying, we need a signal. And of course, they choose a owl, you know, because there's owls all over the forest. You know, hoo-hoo, hoo-hoo. Oh, yeah. But the countess can't do it. Owl. And so she goes... How about a chicken? And they're like, very well. So, th so the joke is, they've got the same signals. You know, when it's time, it, it's it, you know, when it's time to spring the trap, when it's time for them to come in and defend the the fake king, they're gonna get their signals crossed because it's the same signal. And, and may I ask you uh, where you are in the film? Time where am I? Right now, yeah. I'm at 116.56. So if you put yourself at like 120 or something, I'll count you up or wherever you want. I'm at 117 okay. now. Okay, can you tell me when you're at 117.22? Yes, that's coming right up. Great. I'm back in the game. <laughs> uh, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, yes. 17, that, 18. 16? 19, yes. 20, okay. 21, 22. Uh -huh. I'm back in. Are they shaking? Yeah, they're shaking hands. Okay, you're back. They're shaking hands. Yes. He's patting him on the back. It's all, it's all pre-pandemic fun. He's a good man, he is. I'm going to Don't London, I it's am. It's chicken now. It's a chicken. You gotta be careful in the woods back then. Adam Ant will show up. Stand the deliver. Deliver. Uh, your money or your life. 
No time yes. and deliver. Oh, we're all fans of ant music. Ant music. Cool. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, Try another flavor. Nobody gets Don't that. drink, don't smoke. What do you do? You do. Oh, sudden innuendo follows. There must be something inside. Nobody gets that. Yeah, inside, inside her. <laughs> Woohoo! Like it's a char it's a charming song until he says there must be something inside her. Well, okay, I had that forty-five, and it said there must be okay. something inside he's hiding. Don't drink, don't smoke. What do you do? There must be something inside he's hiding. But he didn't sing that, did he? No, he said something inside. And he stopped, yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe it's that accent of his, or maybe he gulped a lot of words. It's still a pretty base innuendo. Yes. You know, it's a charming song. It applies, and maybe she gets, maybe she has sex, and then there must be something inside. It's like, well, what was the point of that song? Like, it was such a beautiful song. <laughs> something up her cooch. Oh, well. Okay, so now we find out that she wants the king sprung, okay? And they're, you know, he, she tells him where he's high, he's being held prisoner. And he goes, Peter Seller goes, oh, we thought this was a trap. And she goes, no, it is a trap. So now he's doing the chicken, and see, they both... And then goes, the chicken. he did it. She's he's doing an owl now, but really it's the bad guys. Wow. And this is straight torn straight from the novel. Well, no. Uh the novel was called by Anthony Hope, published in 1894. Uh and it's an adventure novel. It wasn't a comedy, of course, and this is very loosely adapted. This also has echoes of, like, The Man in the Iron Mask and Prince and the Pauper. Sure. It isn't really the guy's yeah. book. Yeah, the Prince and the Pauper stuff kind of sticks out, because I would expect, like, more Man in the Iron Mask calamity. Like, maybe have a musketeer show up. Yeah. What was it? Do you remember those movies, The Fourth Musketeer and The Fifth Musketeer, and they both came out at the same time, basically? There was a Fifth Musketeer? Like, yeah, it was a Richard Donner movie, and it was like Michael York. It was uh -huh. the 70s, very 70s. And it was called, like, The Fourth Musketeer. And when they finished it, they just got another sequel, like, just almost immediately. And they released it six months later called, like, another uh, this Musketeer or something like that. So, I'm more of a Mars guy. <laughs> at one time in my life, I don't know, 15, 16, 17, I just decided that I should read a bunch of classic books so I'm not ignorant. And that was one of them, The Three Musketeers. The Three Musketeers really were four musketeers, and one of them died, and they were uh, the three, the remaining three were avenging. Um, oh. Yeah, there were always four musketeers, and one of them was killed, and they avenged his life. They made a pact. That's Dyson's their motto. All for one and one for One for all. That's right. That included the dead guy. Yes. Oh, right. Now look who's up on the windmill. 
Don Quixote. It's hilarity. No, it's Peter. Yeah. Which sellers is that? Is it the king? No, no. The king, Michael, is in prison. Unless. In Zenda. I just can't. I just wanted to see Peter Sellers as a king. I just the fact that he I have to watch it's bait ripped and switch, off, man. Ripped off. Yeah. Look at that <laughs> shot. Wow. I am going to go back fifty years and uh, ask for my money back. And they won't give it to me. They say sorry, no refunds on this one. Yeah, right. I and you want to be paid in today's dollars. Yeah, right. How many barrels of hay are is in this fucking country? Yeah. It's their economy. <laughs> Three hay rides, hay rides, five doopus. Right. So you guys grow hay for your horses? No, it's for the it's the, the tourist industry. Hay rides. Yeah. Three hay rides. Bonk. Complimentary tickets to the apple bottle. Oh. Took him a second. These guys are doing some Thompson twins shenanigans. Now he's he's holding her prisoner, but it's kind of a joke, you know, because she's supposed to be on his side, and then she bites him. I don't know. This is hilarity, and it's supposed to be it's funnier with the sound on. Okay. All right, but would this be something a kid would remember if they saw this movie years ago? No, but they would remember that one joke and the balloon. Yeah, and the balloon, of course. Now look, Peter's uh, Sid are not the real king, bonked the driver on the head, and now he's pretending to be their driver making an escape back to Zenda. So he's undercover right now. Oh, so he's no longer pretending to be the king. He's pretending to be... A cab driver, yeah. which is what he really is. Right. He's infiltrating is what he's doing. He's getting into Zenda. Wow. So he goes, no you want to go to Zenda? I'll send you there. He did not say that, Carl. No, you just made a joke. <laughs> I said it. Okay, so he's now in the gates. Now he's got to deliver the bad news to the ex-prince. Sorry we fucked up. He got away. We didn't kill him. Oh, no. I call for a duel. Sorry, you got some dandruff there on your neck. <laughs> oh, what's that ring around the collar? Or what? <laughs> Sorry, I pointed it out with my knife. He doesn't recognize this guy? That filthy ring. He recognizes the eyes. Right, because they, they, he just happens to be the brother. So now he's in prison with, with yeah. the true king. That's who you've been waiting for. Yeah, I've been waiting. He hasn't left the scene. He's taking, he's jerking off of that Elkie Summers as well. And then, yeah, no, oh, Now, this is a kind of funny bit. He's sort of like a salesman bragging about his torture device, and he's now demonstrating it for them. 
But you see, he's getting himself into the contraption to demonstrate. Uh, oh, how can you flip? What a newbie. This bit goes hey, down on okay. your face, you see. Right up your nose, it does. Is this the last of him, then? He goes, you put this on your tongue and you twist it. It's a bit of a tongue twister. <laughs> huh. A little gallows Whoops. Oh. Telling you, rookie move. Stuck. Yeah. Well, good. Well, that was the easy way to distract him. Yeah. So now we're going to get the sort of revealing the plot, you know, like... So he's sort of saying what's his plot. We've seen this in a lot of films before. Oh, right. This oh, guy is named Jeremy is. Kemp. He was an English actor, and I hardly looked him up because I don't understand. It says he was known for his significant roles in the miniseries The Winds of War... We know that. Okay. And War and Remembrance. Yeah. But then That's there's like lots of other stuff, like the Blue Max and the TV series Z Cars. I don't know any of this stuff. Wait a minute. Wasn't Blue Max a children's show in England? I Well, this was all English TV, so maybe. Like, it, it's like a kind of like an electric company, maybe, maybe younger. I don't even know. Now, Antoinette, the wife here, the former Bond girl, the Space 1999, she's turning on her husband with the gun. And he, she sprung them both, as she told Peter Sellers she would. Yeah. All right. Stand and deliver. And now the ex-prince oh, is talking like, I love you, you're the best in the world, you know, and he takes the gun and a la Goodfellows flips it on her. Right. There's my favorite actor. Oh, he's still in this movie, thank God. Oh no. So now he's released and he can go after uh, both Peter Sellers. But the thing is, the King's Guard are coming. They're coming to Zenda now that they know um, where the king, the real king is. So we're going to have a showdown. Huh. Good. Yeah. Excited. Only funny, you could tell I'm like waiting for this movie to end at this point. How come, Mike? 
Because I, I think it exhausted everything. I mean, I guess you, we still need to get these boys out of there. And uh, well, that's our third opinion, act. But... That's our third act. We're we're racing towards the conclusion here. Yeah. What? There's 13 minutes left. 12 minutes left. Uh, you can make it. Try to pretend you care. The audience uh, is listening. Oh well, for the sake of the show, I'll pretend I care. Thank Absolutely. you, Mike. That's a little secret I do. <laughs> <laughs> and for you too, Carl. You saw this movie three times. You took copious notes about the yeah. location and the people and we need to all do the, the connections. Again. And... All right, hey Carl, I'm fine. Uh, as you, as our listeners know, we will announce our movie next week. But Carl, I would say you should take the movie after that. So should I pick another Ernest and really torture you? <laughs> You're right. You picked your first movie. You picked was Ernest goes to. Uh, Ernest saves no, Christmas. Saves Christmas. The worst yeah, film ever. That's awful. Listen, I was thinking. You know, it's a wonderful life. Is a um, uh, public domain. A, yes, and it's on YouTube. Maybe for your Christmas show, you could take a different tact this year. So we can still find every Christmas we uh, play trailers of movies that premiered on Christmas Day. Yeah, it's a uh, good thing. theatrical releasing. And we've done it for four years. And, you know, you're telling me before Christmas has even occurred that we can't find another 40 minutes worth of trailers of uh, movies. Well, I know, but that's Christmas. what I'm thinking. Are we all out of movies? I think you've exhausted your content because we don't get but one extra year. Okay, so now the cad who's been doing now the cad who's been doing all the work for the ex prince sees the king's guard, and so he's like, "I'm going to switch sides. Let me help you escape." Yeah. So now. Now he's going to go against the ex-prince. He's basically he's an opportunist. He's he's changed sides now. That's so great. Who is this guy again? He is another brother. Uh-oh. He is a, a like third in line, and he's just a playboy who laughs at everything. And I didn't even look him up. Um. Yeah, no, I just didn't follow why he was there. Well, okay, he, he was that ambush. Um, he, he's he been doing all of the ex-prince's dirty work. Right, in conjunction working with the, the ex-prince. Right, and now he's flipping sides because he can see which side's going to win. And they're brothers, so he doesn't mind killing his brother. That's right. That's oh, his faux character. And there's a dartboard hanging around. Well, it's a dartboard. Oh, right. (laughs) Now, look, my favorite actor is trying to kill him on his own, so he's swimming across the moat in his pajamas. Right. This is good swordplay. So you watch all these movies and it's excellent yeah. swordplay, right? But then you watch like fencing on the Olympics. 
It's nothing right. like this. Oh. Well, I mean, there's this whole. Oh, his head didn't come off. And there's it a was dark a, um, a two-pronged fork. Right. Yeah, but usually you throw them at people's necks to, to decapitate their, their heads, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. like... That's why I always do it. This thing... Yeah, I mean, that's what Aquaman would do. He'd throw his trident and, like, knock off a head or two. I guess he had a trident of three, so you would have... You would split the skull. So, Monty Python's Life of Brian, it looked like the film was going to be canceled, so John Cleese yeah. agreed to be the lead role. Oh, uh, does a prisoner is out now? Yes, that's right. He was going to play Peter Sellers' part for a short time. And this movie reeks of, like, a, a, a star vehicle. Like, it always feels like they added the brother element, so you had the opportunity to play two people. Do you think, like, John Cleese would play two people? Ooh, yes, Kong. John Cleese he, would see... That's all over the novel and the other movies. No, John Cleese would have played the brothers. Would have played two people. Interesting. That's the Donkey Kong theme after he threw barrels on the head. Now we have my favorite actor confronting the real yes. king. Good to come up in. The basketball of deplorable. Right. His pajamas look, uh... No, no, that's his pajamas. <laughs> Listen, here's what... I'll tell you, Barney Miller looks good. Yeah. For the first time he's seen, story. there's two of them. Now he's going to kick him in the balls like he did the first encounter. Huh. So this is what a jerk Peter Sellers was during the film, okay? During the scene involving a steam engine and carriages, he refused to stay on the set due this, to the steam engine being the color of green. So to appease Sellers... The film crew repainted the entire engine the color of blue, and after they were done, they painted it back to its original color so they could return it. For this stupid movie? Yeah. God, what a waste. It's not like they're making Casablanca or Night in Casablanca. They're just, Night in you know. Casablanca, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the classic. I what? That film. Show it up. That was oh, look, the hot air balloon motif. It kind of looks like the hot air balloon basket. They're bringing with the first scene. They're, they're tying it all together. But they're not. I give up. I give up. Kick. <laughs> right. It wasn't a basket, was it? It was like a chest. What? I don't even know where they are. Well, no, they're in the castle. This is Zenda. They, they have these... Yeah, so they have these mezzanines, and to bring things up above the mezzanines, they have these baskets on pulleys that you can bring it up. Like the video game Puyen, when you're a kid on a basket, and you're trying to avoid arrows from the wolves. Just like that. 
just like that. Now, as you know, the XX prince changed sides, so he let down the drawbridge so the king's guard could get in. Right. It is After really accurate right now. Good. It's literally a cliffhanger, right? Because he's <laughs> he's on a cliff. On the yeah. Five minutes left. Oh, Carl, please be mine. I'm We're gonna, gonna wrap up. Fritz is saving him. Oh no, it's not. No, it's not. It's uh, it's it's Sid again. Oh right, Sidney Thurmer. Oh wow, look at that. They look like they're in the same shot. Yeah, oh, that wow. was probably not split those. screen, right? That was probably just well done look-alike kind of guy. Well, this this stuff when they're pushing in, but no, that one they did some kind of movie magic on it because they were both of them on the screen. Yeah, and here's more like of that. it. So now it has to. They got to jump to get away into the moat. What? Oh, right into the moat. And I bet you neither the of them is. was Peter Sellers. Oh, did you hear about that poor castle guard? He got demoted. Demote? Demoted? Very nice, Michael. All right. I'll now they're saying, the, see, he's dead. He's dead. I am the king. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, but one's going to pop out and they go, there's a king. That's and then the right. other one's going to pop up. They go, what? Two kings? I am Nostradamus. <laughs> it's the, the surprise, you know, after the contest is played, there's always one more contest. That's what this was. Here we are in London again. And yeah. our king is back at the roulette table, and they're like, oh, Rudolph. And he goes, my name's not Rudolph. I'm Sydney. They've switched. Oh. Yeah, I was going to say, he's probably going to still bet on the same. So he has now, oh, there's my favorite guy. It is yeah, him. The count. He's... But he always gets humiliated. <laughs> what eyebrow immediately arches. Now, you don't get to see it. You hate that. Yeah. There's... You saw the guard laugh at it. Now, oh. Sidney has become the king, and he gets to marry his true love. Aw. Isn't that nice? You were... You are now king and married to the girlfriend. Now drive me home, bitch. Still a driver. Yeah, like I'll drive. Don't forget, don't forget your class. <laughs> right? They must be classes bastards. Like you, you can still drive. You're a driver, after all. Yeah, there he is. Look, how cute. Yup, he's driving his own carriage. Some king. Upper crust. Oh, and then the movie paused. And then we get the, the Saturday evening post. Font. Saturday evening post font, uh, letting us know that well, it's really wow, not 1980 they, yet. <laughs> yeah, right. Like like many films that came out in 1979 and 80, we're not there yet. Wow. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we had just watched The Prisoner of Zenda, 
Wow, the third last movie from Peter Sellers. Carl, what'd you think of The Prisoner of Zelda? I enjoyed it. It was not his best film at all whatsoever, but I still enjoyed it. Right. I think it's a good kids film, right? And there's a little romp for the parents and uh, uh I don't know about a kids really film. Was... There was a lot of sex in it. But nothing like all right, okay, yeah, we're good well, parents. Yeah, you're right, it was flirtatious uh, innuendos, yeah. but... Uh... Well, it's that, that comedy timing, that comedy beat where Harpo chases the woman around the room. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, it's that kind of, he's yeah. little randy and he's, he's macking on married women, but for the most part, it wasn't bad. Yeah, yeah that's all right. It was pretty boring. There was no fiendish plot of Fu Manchu, I guess. Which I thought it was, Dr. Well, Here if you, you listen Move to it with good. the audio, uh, the guy's, Peter Sellers does a great acting job. I love his lisp. I loved him doing Cockney. Yeah. I loved him as the, uh, and, and of course, we had my favorite actor there. This film was enjoyable, yeah. I thought. Yeah, it was pretty good. And it's on YouTube, and it's on a lot of channels, to be honest with you. So it's not hard to find, but we right. like the version from Universal Galaxy Pictures, which I am now subscribed to. Well, folks, Perfect. we hope you enjoyed the movie. We are Let's Watch a Full Life Movie on YouTube. We're filmed on location in Austria and approved by number 25540. We're going to be back next Sunday. You can listen to us on Mutiny Radio at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, thanks to our great station manager, Bam Penjamin. And uh, next week, Carl. We love Bam. Do you, um, would you like to pick the movie for next week, or do you want to do it in two weeks? Uh, no, I'll do it in two weeks, because I really got to pick a clunker for you, and you got to watch it like four okay. times, dude. Yeah, I'll watch it. For, I swear, I, will, I promise our audience I will watch the movie four times and have notes. Uh, but for you, my friend, our next movie is one of the Frankie Avalon and Next Minute Cello movies, and it's on YouTube. Although I think it's on that channel that plays too many ads. But we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll iron out the details. Of course, it's not Beach Blanket Babylon. It's not Dr. Goldfoot in the uh, bikini, bikini machine. No, we're going to change course. We're not at the beach. It's Sea Party from 1966. And uh, Carl, can you play? Can you do the trailer for me? Yes. Okay, so audience, just put in trailer Ski Party. And Mike said 66, but that would mean I was born. I wasn't born. It's Ski Party 1965 okay. trailer from the channel Night of the Trailers. So find that and slide oh, back wow. to 000. Okay, sounds good. I thought you were going to just reenact it, but I'm, I'm excited to actually I don't, hear it. When I reenacted 0 to 60, I had seen the movie, so I could do it. For this one, I, <laughs> you know. Right. Well, you, you're the guy at the improv uh, team who's like, what? A dentist? No, I, I, I don't know what a dentist does. You know, I'm not really a dentist. I wouldn't know. You have to Where? Wisconsin? I've never been. Yeah. All right. So uh, give us the countdown and, and uh, play us the audio. Okay. Ski Party 1965 trailer. Night of the Trailers is the channel. In three, two, one, go. Yeah, what do surfers and stunners do? Stunners. When it snows. <laughs> ski party. This is gonna yeah. Whoops. 
that post. As girls? What? As girls? Oh, and that's not in this one. So it's going to be a musical? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the 60s dancing and the old ladies looking hip. Oh, no, they're pretending to be women. When girls get together, Move over, Jack Lemon. Right. Fuck you, Tony Curtis. Wayne Hickman and Frankie Avalon are cross-dressing ski partiers. Wow, that's a big joke. <laughs> Let's all go skiing. The tops. Yeah. Today's Nottis talents. Leslie Gore. Sunshine and lollipop. Wow, James Brown. Nice hair. Look at that. Yeah. It's like one guy bored. No, he's sick. A ski instructor, it's a pleasure to learn from. Now, and, and you say it stays completely dark for eight months of the year in Stockholm? Yeah, this is true. Well, she must have big light bills. <laughs> no, you cannot walk around much in the winter. That's a hell of a fire. Yeah, that's one of those weird... Fire, middle of the room fireplaces. Every he, there's a she. Send you soaring. Whoa, ski party. It's a long ass trailer. Where's James Brown on the skis? Very nice. All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, that is what we'll be watching next week, and we hope you can join us. Carl, it's been a pleasure. I agree, and it was a pleasure to watch that film yeah. with you. And thank you for pretending that yeah. you enjoyed it. Oh, I did that for at least the first 48 hour, uh, minutes of this movie. So at least I could do. For the Wonderful. First... No, it was good. It was, it was great, and I don't have to watch it again. Uh, audience, thank you so much. We would love to see you back next week. Uh, I want to mention you have a, a open mic on Zoom on Tuesdays, but that's like saying you have a podcast. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, we're done. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But... Uh, <laughs> You're a comic with a Zoom show and a podcast? What the? Ooh, you're you're living nobody. Living a dream. <laughs> <laughs> you are nobody. Living a nightmare. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed it. <laughs> uh, let's just let's just watch Ski Party right now. Let's keep the show. No, yeah, let's we're done. keep going. All right, that's it, it. Let's keep going. Nah. Next time. Let's watch
This is the morning train on mutinyradio.fm in .sf. I am your sole driver, J.D. Buell. Thank you for being with me today. Thanks to all of you who tune in regularly. In that set, we went a few different places with a few different musicians. We started with Julius Hemphill and Abdul K. Wadud from their album Live in New York. That was recorded in 1976. Wadud on cello, Hemphill on the alto saxophone. We heard Echo One Morning. From there, we followed Wadud to his trio work with uh, Anthony Davis on piano and James Newton on the flute from their album I've Known Rivers. We heard After You Said Yes. We then returned to the music of Julius Hemphill and there with the World Saxophone Quartet from what is regarded as one of their finest albums, WSQ, on the Black Saint label, and that was in 1981. We heard Pillars Latino. And at that time, Julius Hemphill leading the World Saxophone Quartet on alto and tenor, Hemiot Blewett, baritone and alto clarinet, Oliver Lake, alto tenor soprano saxophones, and David Murray on tenor and bass clarinet. You heard all of them honking away on that selection. Due to the gratitude, the uh, great kindness of my friend Paula, I was able to attend the Patti Smith performance on New Year's Eve just a week or so ago. I don't know who that opening band was. Uh, a bunch of uh, a bunch of old hippies with a poorly dressed drummer, but they did indeed do this song.
comes down. Don't pasteurize. Everything comes down. 16 degrees. It's the amplifier. It's too loud. You turn your amplifier down. My high on the lone, my knees. Memories just hit that swing like a clock. The past projects fantastic. Saints tick tock, tick tock, tick tock. Fuck the clock. The Patti Smith Group, recorded live in Paris, October 21, 1976. 
That's the B-side of an Italian single for Ask the Angels. Before that, the 1965 recording made by Lenny Kay, longtime Patti Smith guitarist under the name Link Cromwell. And that was crazy like a fox. And as he said from the stage at the Fillmore on New Year's Eve, he said, if that song had been a hit, what a different life I would have led. But we're all living this life, even without David Bowie. So what do you do when you get the blues? You ask Johnny Cash, and he says, get rhythm.
got to go, she's my best friend. Cause I promised her I remember what I said. I said, if you get along, all you gotta do is call me and I'll come on around wherever you are, no matter how
beautiful, isn't it? That's why we have programs on the internet such as Morning Train, so I can bring you really cool stuff like that that would otherwise be forgotten. Did you guess to whom you were listening? That was Glenn Campbell and Bobby Gentry from the one album of duets they made under their own name and Let It Be Me. Before that, Ducks Deluxe with Please, Please, Please Call Me Baby. Stephen Stills and Manassas, How Far? And we began with Johnny Cash and a latter-day recording of Get Rhythm When You Got the Blues. This is The Morning Train on MutinyRadio.fm in San Francisco. I'm J.D. Buell, and as loath as I am to engage in self-promotion, I would be remiss to not mention the fact that my fabulous band is playing in the city of San Francisco on January 23rd at the Hemlock, and this is one of the songs you will hear if you come see me with the J.D. Buell Band.
psychotic pineapple who just gave a performance uh, back last Friday night at the Gilman Street. Psychotic Pineapple, their first single, I Want Her So Bad, lead vocal there by John C. Barry, whom I'm lucky enough to have in the J.D. Buell Band, and he will sing for your dancing and listening enjoyment. I want her so bad, January 23rd at the Hemlock. Before that, The Jars, the band in of which I was a member, and the song Time of the Assassins, which I wrote with Mick Dow. I'm also lucky enough to have Mick in the current J.D. Buell band, which is a real treat. So we do that song, since we've both obviously sung it. Um, we do that one, so we'll do that that night also. Uh, before that, the Five Americans, Western Union, just an old single that the Jars used to cover back in their garage days. And we started with Esmeralda, My 